Welcome to the Fancy Sports Cave. I am Sports Guy David here with Coach Zezzy, and we are back. And we've been we've been out for a while with our busy lives, but we're back, and we're going to review the NFC um, North draft review. Coach Zezzy, how are you doing? Doing good, man. Believe it or not, we are still alive. We do still exist, and we're here to talk about the two northern divisions today. Try and make it for lost time, AFC and NFC. So let's get it. All right, we're going to jump right in. We're going to. I'm. I'm a. My favorites in the NFC North, I said multiple times, is the Green Bay Packers. They did a great job addressing what they needed or just stacking on top of what they already have in in the draft. So, well, I think they won the offseason. I, I think they won the free agent offseason. Got four starters, three on defense, one on offense. Um, you got this, the, I like to call them the Mr. and Mr. Smith brothers and Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith. You got Adrian Amos. It's going to be crazy. They spent over $184 million in free agency. I think it's going to pay off. So with the first pick at number 12, um, he slipped to number 12. I thought he was going to go number six to your to your, um, to your guys' Giants, but the Giants obviously didn't just um, passed him up, and he went to the Green Bay Packers, Rashad Gary from Michigan. Now, there hasn't been a real elite rusher since Clay – I don't give a fuck. Matthews was there. So I think this guy has the potential to become that raw, 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 that, that raw power and speed that Clay Matthew has. And the funny, interesting thing is he's wearing number 52. So what do you think about this Gary pick? Steven. Yeah, team definitely sending a message there by giving him number 52, you know, which is like one of the holy grail numbers right now, along with 12 and whatever Bart Starr was back in the day. But I mean, he completes what's a complete defensive overhaul on that side of the football. Like you said, the two Smith brothers, not only are they studs, but they're under 27 years old. Um, I believe Preston Smith is 26, Zadarius slightly younger. So, I mean, you're talking about pieces that are going to be in place for the rest of Aaron Rodgers' career, most likely, as long as they can retain them after their rookie contracts have expired. Adrian Amos, as you mentioned, in the secondary as well. I mean, not only are they – they're not on the Chicago Bears level. What I should say is not only are they now a top 10 defensive candidate, but they're young, and they're going to be there for a while. So it's a great pick on their part. They had most of the pieces on offense. They just need a number two receiver to emerge, which we'll get into in a little bit. And uh, you got to protect the man, which they have. So I think it's a great pick. Yeah, um, fantasy-wise, you, you take in the Green Bay Packers if you're the last pick and you see them on the board. Because I, I know we talk about fantasy a lot when it comes to defense. You just got to look who's the best. I usually wait till the second to last pick and get my kicker last. Mm -hmm. But if you see the Packers over the Ravens or – I don't know. You, are they a top five defense with all these new pieces? Yeah, honestly, it's funny you said that because I actually don't even usually draft a kicker as long as my league is formatted like that. I'll just get an extra bench guy. I'll wait it out. Maybe some news comes out. Someone goes down. I drafted something worthy of an RB2. Other than that, I try not to draft a kicker. But, yeah, the Green Bay Packers, they, they could definitely be, be worthy of that, of that sort of pick. Um, right now, you know, you get the Jags and the Bears or the Bears followed by the Jags flying off the board. Some guys grabbing Denver by round 12 or so, but – Green Bay is going essentially undrafted, and they're going to be a very underrated defense this year, especially if they can get the running game together with Aaron Jones and keep their defense off the field. Very possible with Aaron Rodgers. So definitely a sleeper to look out for. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see what the Packers do. Um, and I can't wait to talk about this division because I've been a real Kirk Cousin hater, but um, my perspective changed on that. I can't wait to talk about that. But moving on, now that the Packers traded up, um, for the twenty to the Seahawks, Seahawks were giving away draft picks. They don't really care about their draft picks. They still got good 
players at the at their positions, but they went to go grab um 21st overall, when they went to go get a safety, which was in my top five in safeties, was Darnell Savage from Delaware. Um Darnell Savage is alongside newly acquired ex-bear Adrian Animos, who is one of the up-and-coming safeties in this league. Um Savage is a little undersized, but but has tremendous vision in both the run support and open field tackling. He had seven interceptions in his career, two ran back for touchdowns. Now, when you think of the Chicago Bear defenses, they always ran back interceptions for touchdowns. That shows his open field running ability. So I think um, that comes from his running back days in Delaware Cavernell Academy back in back in his high school earlier earlier years. So that shows great background. Babe, great pick and the top safeties in the country. Also, he he ran a four three four unofficial forty time in the combine, which is fastest um, in his stacked um, safety class. So I really like this pick. And um, like I said, they just add to their defense to what already they have a great defense. I think he's gonna be a day one starter. What do you think about Darnell Savage? Yeah, man, it just adds to this young core, this revamped defense. And like you said, that's ridiculous. I remember on draft day, we were watching the telecast, they mentioned his return skills as well. And um, the Green Bay Packers, I mean, they seem pretty confused at running back. So who knows? Maybe we'll see him run some flat routes and get some touches out of the backfield as well. But like you said, I mean, they traded up because they he definitely dropped farther than they anticipated. Him, them grabbing him at 21, they were probably considering him at 12. And once they saw they dropped to a certain distance, made the move similar to the Giants did with DeAndre Baker and taking Seattle's 31st pick later on. So, um, I mean, I love the pick, man. That, that defense is absolutely stacked. As long as you can protect Aaron Rodgers, I mean, these guys are going to contend with anyone in the NFC this year. Yeah, I think they, they don't have to worry about their defense. I think they got all the pieces they need, like we said over and over again, great defense. Now, moving on to the offensive side, we, we haven't really seen a tight end come out of Green Bay healthy and perform. We see Jimmy Graham. He hasn't been that healthy. Mercedes Lewis is apparently still there, and he's getting up in age. So, with already great receiving core, with my boy MF, uh, MVS Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I think he's going to do great this year as a number two receiver, the tight end spot is need to be filled. So, to fill that void, the Green Bay Packers selected Jace Sternberger from Texas A.M. with the 75th overall pick. More of a receiving tight end. 832 yards with four, with 48 receptions and 10 touchdowns in 13 games, 12 starts. Jace has a chance to get that starting spot under Mercedes Lewis. And maybe if Jimmy Graham can't stay healthy, I think he could fit in. Like I said, more of a receiving tight end, but um, he could work around his blocks on the edge. But receiving tight end, I really like this pick. You think he could fill in the Jimmy Graham shoes? He could possibly. Well, first of all, was Jimmy Graham cut? Is, is he gone, or is he still hey, there? See, right I now? have no clue. I I really don't even know what happened to Jimmy. Graham. I haven't heard nothing from him uh, lately. But uh, here's the thing: they need a secondary weapon, and more importantly, they need a red zone weapon. Devontae Adams, from part of why he's so valuable. I mean, two years ago, thirteen touchdowns. Last year, I believe once again, thirteen touchdowns. I'll check on that in a second. But I mean, they need a secondary red zone weapon. Jimmy Graham could not stay healthy. It's funny you mentioned Valdez Scanley because he's a big sleeper for me. And he's big value late in the draft. If you need a wide receiver to come rounds, honestly, round eight, nine, even 10, I've been seeing him sit around there right now. He's getting a little bit of hype, just like guys like Noah Fan, some big rookie names in there. Um, the guy you love as well, um, DK, Donkey Kong Metcalf. Yep. But um, still a great value there at the 11th round. 
definitely worth a look if you want to load up on running back early on. But back to the pick, I mean, the 10 touchdowns is the thing that I look at right now. 10 touchdowns and a 10-game schedule, you know, that just says red zone opportunity right there. On an offense that, from what I understand, wasn't that good. So if you can put him aside Devontae Adams, he's sure to get some targets. At some point, teams are going to catch on to the fact that Devontae keeps racking up 13-plus touchdowns a year. Last year, or two years ago, finishing second to only uh, A.B. So uh, it's a good pick for the Green Bay Packers, man. Get, get Rodgers some more weapons. Yeah, so I really think the Packers are favored to win with all these picks. They also got a lot of other picks, but these are the three ones I wanted to touch on. Great defense. They're going to get back that defense that won that Super Bowl um, back in 2012, if I'm not mistaken. And Aaron Rodgers, he's healthy. You got Devontae Adams, probably very under – last year was very underrated and I haven't talked about. But when you pull up his numbers, they're insane. So I think he got, and the, he got a great year coming. And then M MVS. I think that's a great year coming. So the Green Bay Packers are right now my favorites. But moving on to the team, I think that could upset it, even upset the Bears, the Minnesota Vikings. Now, I was a real Kirk Cousin hater. Um, I really didn't think he was worth that money. But looking into it, I think he might be. Now, Kirk Cousins got sacked 40 times last year. That was 17th overall, middle of the pack. Not so bad. So the Vikings went to go get the nation's best center, the Remington Trophy winner. That's the best center in the country. Our boy, Garrett Bradbury from North Carolina College, 18th overall. I thought he was going to slip to the Rams in the second to last pick, but he didn't. He went to number 18. I'm not, I'm not even complaining about that. He's the best center in the game. I'll give it to him. Bradbury is the fastest with his hands. He could turn defensive players around and move them around fast. Amazing recovery time when defenders managed to get around by him, but he still managed to be on top at the end of the play. Both effective on the second level as good as the first, going to be a day one starter. His This pick is going to boost Kirk Cousins' fantasy stock and also the run game, whoever's running it. Um, I'm going to mention one later, but or, or uh, Dalvin Cook, which I'm kind of eyeing too, regardless of all the um, – health issues i think dalvin cook is going to have a good year um i'm turning around a lot i'm researching a lot and i'm turning around a lot of my opinions i had early in the year but that's all that's what's all about but center for the first for their first overall pick 18th overall how do you like bradbury going to the vikings yeah wow you've pulled a complete 180 on the vikings yeah. i mean that's part yeah. of it's the opposite there's a lot of changes going on draft for agency coaching changes scheme changes so i mean this is the time to make our to make our opinions like that i mean the Vikings, from what I understand, were top bottom five in the year as far as sack rate goes. Kirk Cousins, was he worth $84 million guaranteed? I don't know. But at the same time, you don't see a lot of guys of his caliber hit the free agent market at that point in their career very often. You can look back to Drew Brees back in 2008, I believe it was, the last time a free agent like that really hit the market. Or I suppose Peyton Manning as well in 2011. But I think it was a good sign for them. What is going to dictate his success as much as improving this offensive line is can Dalvin Cook stay healthy? Because, I mean, Latavius Murray, you know, he was a good filling guy, you know, but he's not a bona fide bell cow top 15 guy in the league, sort of dude. And he's, Dalvin Cook, you know, and he's with the Saints. That's right. So Dalvin Cook is the guy. And he's shown that when he's healthy, he can definitely be that bell cow for this football team. Garrett Bradbury is going to help boost this offensive line. Uh, I, remember, um, I remember Mr. Alex Fernandez and the spiel he gave about uh, L.A., uh, drafting him at 31. It would have been a really good pick, honestly, because this guy, like you said, he was the best center in the country. Uh, Two-year, three-year, sorry, three-year start from what I believe. Um, it's a great addition to what is an aging offensive line 
in Minnesota. If this can get any sort of improvement, if they can even be a mediocre offensive line and they can have at least a mediocre running game, this team could be a playoff contender. But next to the Bears and the Packers, it's going to be tough. It's just I can't visualize right now either the Bears or the Packers not making it. I could, however, see all three getting in, but then you got to contend with the NFC South. It's going to be fun, man, but I agree with you. There's definitely a lot of upside to this team. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for, upside. I really just nailed them to the ground when I when I thought of Kirk Cousins, $84 million, this and this and that, Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, there's a lot of reports he's looking for. He's looking strong in uh, OTAs. I'm going to have a looking forward to a healthy um, – 2019 campaign. I'm real excited for that. But when you look at the Vikings, you got Kirk Cousins. You can say you do have an improved offensive line. You got Kirk Cousins, and you already got Stephon Diggs, who kind of fell off a little bit, but pretty consistent. And then Adam Thielen, who received for 100 yards for eight-plus games, NFL record. When you think of tight end, you got Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph hasn't been that guy. Um, there's a lot of trade talks with him. He don't want to be there no more due to this pick, but um, this next pick, the number three tight end on my board, I had Noah Fant and Hawkinson Hawk, over him, but Irv Smith Jr. from Alabama, 50th overall. I thought he was going to go to the Raiders. The Raiders really needed a tight end. They did not get a tight end in the draft. They did get a lot of pieces they needed, but like I said, they're like a perforated pan, bunch of holes you can't fill. But here we go. You got Stephon Diggs, you got Adam Thielen, and you got Irv Smith Earth Smith Jr. and if Kalaruoff decides to stay, you still got him too as a weapon. He's a very clean route runner. When you when you watch his tape, he's a better route runner, and he's even a better catch um, running after the catch. He averaged 16 yards per catch or per carry after the run. So that was a really interesting stat that caught my eye. I think he could excel. On, I, I think he could translate to the NFL quickly. He does need some help on the blocking on the outside. Like I said. He's more of a receiving tight end, same as the last tight end I mentioned. But I think he's going to make an impact in the passing game. They're going to – Adam Thielen, they, they locked his shit down after nine – or after ten weeks. They're like, we can't get – we can, defense, we're not having it. And they also locked down Stephon Diggs. They still need that. Maybe if you need – if you're versus a team with two top corners, you're going to need a third option. And I think Irv Smith Jr. is going to fit right in. Like I said, a little bit more on the blocking. And um, I think he could still the starting job if Kyle Rudolph is still there. Now, two questions. you think Kyle Rudolph is staying? And if he does, is Irv Smith Jr. starting over him? <clears throat> well, from what I understand, I think he signed a four-year contract uh, last week, I believe it was, which is really confusing considering they took Irv Smith uh, where they did in the draft. But, I mean, I could see them implementing them both. I mean, Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs are proje projected to finish as top 15 fantasy options. Um, so when it comes to the two of them, Kyle Rudolph also can't stay healthy. When, when he's healthy – you know, he, he's been somewhat um, usable fantasy-wise, but, I mean, Irv Smith Jr., very diverse coming out of that Alabama offense, spent a lot of time in the slot. So, you know, the Vikings um, in 2014 or 15, I believe it was, they drafted Laquan Treadwell in the first round to be that slot guy. Yeah, and that repeatedly has just not worked out whatsoever. And year after year, they try to make it work. I'm not even sure if he's on the roster anymore. If he is, he's going to be buried down there. I wouldn't be surprised to see one of these two tight ends take a slot. If we're going on a 3-1-1 set, as in three receivers, one tight end, one running back, I wouldn't be surprised to see it as more of a two tight end, two receiver, one back sort of set. Versatility in the run game, but you still got receiving type of tight end. So I could see that working out as well. But um, if I had to judge, because my thing is always this. I follow the draft capital and the money. 
but in this case, it's both. So I'm going to go with the non-injury prone option and Irv Smith Jr. over Kyle Roof as of right now, especially because Kyle Roof's last I checked, being drafted in round 10. It's a little too early for me to be drafting a tight end like that. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go Irv Smith. I agree with you. Irv Smith has a lot of upside and very interesting pick. This next pick is um funny story. He is from locally um, San Bernardino County um, alumni, San Bernardino High School alumni, and one of my good friends at work went to school with him. So it was really cool. Talked about how he is, real humble guy. But I'm going to call this guy the All-State Insurance Plan because when you have All-State, which is my current All-State um, insurance provider, you got to be in good hands. Dalvin Cook, you'll know when he's going to be healthy or not. If he isn't, this is a great insurance plan in Alexander Madison from Boise State, 102nd overall. This guy racked up. He was, he, he was the first Boise State runner back to lead the Mountain West Conference with 1,400 yards, and he also had 17 touchdowns, including 200 um, rushing yards in the Mountain West Championship game. So he rushed for 200 yards in one game. Shows when the when the big game, when he needs a big performance, he shows out and comes out big. Only big problem is pass blocking, um, but you can work with that. He's a little on the smaller side, shorter than six foot tall. But I think he's a great pick, and I could see him getting some time, even if Dalvin Cook stays healthy or not. Um, He's a versatile kind of guy. He can make people miss. He's uh, he, he, he could take on that third down roll, and he could also catch the ball too. So I really like this pick. Great great insurance plan. That's what I like to say. What do you think about Alexander Madison? Yeah, I think they got kind of priced into this one a little bit because Madison, from what I saw, was projected to go near the back of the second. But you definitely need an insurance plan for Dalvin Cook. Latavius Murray is out of the picture now. Even if he was there, you still need two, sometimes three capable running backs in this this day and age in offense these days. Um, yes, he has some pass blocking issues, but so does almost every, almost every running back coming out of college has pass blocking issues, unless you find a diamond in the rough like Zeke or Saquon. Not as so, worried about it. Yeah. So, I mean, at, the, at this point in time, I, I wouldn't put too much stress on that, but definitely more of a sleeper pick because, I mean, in two seasons, we've not seen Dalvin Cook play more than eight games a season. He's played 12 games total out of the 32 um, that he could have. So, you know, considering that and considering that the Vikings should be a decently high-powered offense with two top 10, top 15 fantasy options on the outside, this could be a big sleeper pick considering we haven't seen Dalvin Cook stay healthy yet. So definitely keep that in mind for a guy that literally isn't being drafted at all right now. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Um, big sleeper, love the pick. If Dalvin Cook, I think you should still grab him for the kicker. Instead of drafting the kicker, maybe draft this guy. And if Dalvin Cook somehow gets injured in preseason, something like that, boom, you got him. And you don't have to win the wave wire and all that shit. So Vikings, I think, really have a shot. It's a three-way, it's a three-way race in this division. And um, I think the Vikings might could I think they could get an upper hand. Um, I don't know what really turned me, but if if Dalvin Cook stay healthy and Kirk Cousins got a better pocket, I think they could really make some damage. Defense needs a little help. They didn't get too much help there. But offensively-wise, I think they're pretty good. Moving on to the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears, they their first overall draft pick got traded to the Raiders for, you know, Khalil Mack, which I'm not even mad about. When, when the Bears were looking at the Raiders pick, they were like, oh, we got Khalil Mack. We won. We won. Whoever they got, we won this trade, no matter what. So the Bears didn't have a first-round draft pick. So the, the next pick was their 73rd overall draft pick. 
and they got David Montgomery from um, Iowa State. Now, this guy's getting a lot of buzz fantasy-wise. I follow like 100 fantasy guys on Instagram. This guy's getting crazy fantasy buzz, getting sometimes drafted over Cohen. But with Jordan Howard out, Montgomery will fill those shoes in almost immediately. Um, he has great, great vision. He was responsible for 99 missed tackles, which was most in the FBS. And he will be a bruiser, the Bears need. Uh, Tarek Cohen is a little of a smaller guy. He's great in PPR leagues. He could catch the ball. He could have a combined of 1,500 yards, all-purpose yards, which I like. I love I love Cohen as a PPR runner back, um, runner back two, even a flex. But if you put David Montgomery out there with him, you don't know what you're going to get. It stretches out the offense, and the defense is going to be having question marks everywhere. Fantasy-wise, I think he's a definitely good look at. Out of all my fantasy running backs, I'm going to compile a list. But as of now, I think he's my number one rookie runner back. Uh, maybe um, the Darren Henderson from the Rams second. I got to look more into it. But I think he's the best rookie runner back situational-wise and fantasy-wise. What's your thoughts on David Montgomery? I mean, it's a great pick. They, they, had, dealt, they had dealt Jordan Howard <coughs> – Excuse me. They had dealt Jordan Howard for a box of cookies like less than two weeks ago. I believe it was a sixth or seventh round pick to Philadelphia. But I mean, he comes in here, and here's the thing: opportunity is a big thing, and draft capital, obviously, a big thing. He's going to come in here as a third, excuse me, second round pick. They don't have a goal line back right now in Chicago. He's going to take over that role immediately, most likely. Tariq Cohen, five foot six, just under two hundred pounds, isn't going to be that guy. Like you said, they could have a lot of sets where the, both of them are involved. I mean, there's a lot of upside with this guy. He's right up there as my top rookie running back along with Josh Jacobs. I know you're not big on the Oakland offense right now, but it's literally just him and maybe Rocket Richard, and we know what we're going to get out of that guy. Roughly six to seven touches a game. Half of them are catches. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But uh, (laughs) those two two are going to be my top running backs right now. Montgomery, just because the offense is better right now, I I think it's better. I mean, it's not going to – I feel like it's – got one of the more upside some of the most upside in the league right now because Mitch Trubisky his route tree his overall throwing ability his, his skills as a quarterback are only going to get better as he gets more comfortable I and mean, we saw a great progression from his rookie season to last season I mean it was like night and day honestly so you, you still got capable targets on the outside Trey Burton and Allen Robinson are quality receivers you know they just got way less targets than all these other guys that finished in the top 20 last year so he's got the weapons He's got young, solid protection, and now he's got two good running backs. So we'll see what that's like moving forward. The reason they got Montgomery and got rid of Howard is because the offense was too predictable. You know Howard can't catch. You know they're not going to throw him the football, especially come playoff time. They didn't even give him any targets anymore. You know, So um, he, he's a diversity back, and he could honestly turn into a bell cow role, especially if Tariq Cohen gets hurt. Oh, my God. He probably drops into top 10 automatically. Yeah. Um, I really like this pick. My number one fancy, um, rookie fancy. Uh, running back as of now, I, we are going to compile this and we'll talk about rookie wide receivers and running backs and all that fun stuff. So moving on, um, you talked about the receivers. I really like Allen Robinson, if I'm not mistaken. I believe he had a thousand yard receiving year in Jacksonville and then he tore his ACL and then he got traded to the Bears or he left and got and went, landed on the Bears. Got Anshan Jeffries on the outside. Um, Trey Burt, like you said, but they wanted to add another guy. And this guy, cousin to the current Falcons wide receiver, Calvin Ridley, they got Riley Ridley from Georgia. 
is going to follow right in his footsteps. Like I said, I was riding high on Calvin Ridley. He had the most touchdowns week eight. And you never heard of this guy. I picked him up and he balled out. Julio Jones didn't catch a touchdown be- until week eight because of this guy. This guy was getting all the targets, getting all all those red zone targets, even though it was a smaller guy. Julio Jones was just – you can only be so good until they, like, put the whole goddamn defense on you. But really is probably the best route runner in this year's draft. I thought he was good until I watched his highlight tape in detail, and it is crazy. He has great balance and can change midair to grab the ball. If the quarterback throws it behind him, he'll he has hang time, change turn his body and catch the ball. It's pretty insane. He has he's extremely talented and one of the best wide receivers, best route runners. I think he has a lot to work on, but he has great speed. He's a little shorter, he could run the slot. But um, like I said, there's a lot of mouths to feed in the Chicago, so that could be a big problem. But I think Trubisky is gonna, even though he's young, like you said, night and day to now is gonna be his three his third year. I think he's going to excel with his offense. You got two offensive, new two offensive weapons that could both catch and run, and um, I just can't wait to see this guy perform. He's he's in, definitely in my top five in rookie wide receivers as of now, um, but I see him as a great flex option in fantasy scenarios. What do you think about um, R- Riley Ridley? Yeah, in deeper leagues, he can be worth a look for sure. You know, I still feel like the option A is going to be Allen Robinson, and option B is still going to be a combination of Burton slash Cohen on the outside, but he can certainly carve himself a part of this offense. Anthony Miller is a guy they drafted recently, a young up-and-coming receiver as well with a lot of skill, just not did not get much opportunity last year. So that's um, definitely something you have to monitor in the preseason, seeing how many targets he gets, how, much, how many reps he's getting with the first team. That's big as well. That's one of the benefits of having a later draft, hopefully you guys do is you get to see who is actually starting, who is actually getting the most reps, and who's getting the most targets in the preseason, although targets may not be the best indicator. But I definitely agree with you. He, can mo- he definitely has the chance to carve out a solid portion of the offense this year. Trubisky, 3,200 yards passing last season, most likely going to go up. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Al Robinson, I think, is the number one option. And then with your um, what you said about the second option, it's also very true. So um, I think he can slide in there, though. Just like his brother or uh, cousin, I believe, yeah. Just like his cousin did in Atlanta. So um, it's going to be real interesting where both these rookies land and how do they good or how great they do. So moving on, their next, their next, they didn't have a lot of picks. Their next picks, they traded a lot. Their next picks are were in the sixth and seventh, but they managed to get some bang for their buck. Two hundred and fifth, two hundred and fifth overall pick. The Chicago Bears selected Duke Shelby from Kansas State. Duke managed to get to still earn. Second team, all Big 12, missing five games. He had 33 tackles, three interceptions, and nine pass breakups. He has a chance to make the roster and possibly getting some time when needed. That backfield, um, they did lose Adrian Amos. You could probably see him in this, filling in on some safeties. Um, he's very versatile. He could be on the outside, inside, nickel. Great tackler. Gets to the ball, like I said. Missing five games, he got three interceptions and nine pass breakups. That's how you know he gets his hands in the way I really like this pick. Um, even though it's in sixth and seventh, I think um you'll definitely find a roster spot and um maybe sneak some playing time. Um what do you think about the Bears secondary? Does this help them? Yeah, part of uh one of the advantages of being a good all-around roster is that in the later rounds you can take whatever the good value is. I mean from what I understand this guy was projected to be an early fifth 
late fourth round sort of guy. You're going to bring him in here. No pressure to start right away. Going to learn from Eddie Jackson, Bryce Callahan uh, back there in the defensive secondary. Yeah, I like the pick, man. It's good depth. You did lose Adrian Amos, as we mentioned, as well as, I believe, was it Preston Smith that came from this team as well? No, Preston Smith came from the Redskins. He came from the Redskins. Oh, damn. Washington took some major L's. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I, I think it's a solid pick. And uh, it's one of the benefits Chicago had from being a kick-ass roster. Chicago looking good. There, see, it's hard because I said Packers are my favorites, and I'm sticking to that. But when I look at the Bears, they're just so stacked. But I'm sticking to the Bear. I'm sticking to the Packers like I did in the off season when they won the off season. So I'm gonna stick with the Packers right now. Um, and I think Bears are gonna hang in there, and I think the Vikings could sneak a pick or sneak a sneak their way in. Now the last team in this division, I think the the Cleveland Browns passed the torch to shittiest team in the league to the Detroit Lions. Unfortunately, unfortunately, but um. They skipped on a lot of players. I think they could have got some great players at number eight overall. Um, but they decided to get tight end. My number one tight end, or my number two, what they're interchangeable tight ends. TJ the Hawk Hawkinson. That's a really cool nickname, and I guess it's sticking, so I'm going to say it. Boom, from Iowa. He led the team in catches with 48, and he had 760 yards, 15.5 yards per catch with six touchdowns. When you have a team and both tight ends get drafted in the first round, that's nuts. So that's how you know these guys are good. Because tight ends, one tight end on one team barely gets drafted in the top first round ever. So to see that this, he's a great receiver. You got Matthew Stafford. You still got Marvin Jones. And you still got um, Galloway there. I believe Galloway? Yes, Galloway. Um, so I think he's going to fit right in. I think he's going to be a big, he's a big target. Great receiver. An amazing blocker on the edge, uh, extra blocker for a big game. You know, you got C.J. Anderson now, newly signed C.J. Anderson. You got Karan. Um, not too high on him, though. I really – I'm not liking the situation, running back. But when they do decide to run, I think Hawk could uh, could clear some space on the second level. And um, he's pretty fast, too, so he could get he could get up on, in everyone's space and get some blocks in. Do you like this pick at number eight? I know they had a lot more talent there, but – would you take him at number eight? Oh, sure. I don't know about taking him at number eight, but the, the Detroit Lions offense needed help anywhere. Any positional upgrade on offense would have been good, even at quarterback, although Matt Stafford, honestly, still still not – he's still definitely worth a starter in this league. He's not, I'm not ready to throw him in the Eli Manning category, Tyrod Taylor category just, just quite yet. But with the pick, I, I'm not mad about the pick. Did he go a little early? Did they have more needs elsewhere? They definitely did. Matt Patricia, however, is a defensive coach. He must have had a lot of faith that he can put it together on offense, on defense, excuse me, if he was willing to spend the number eight overall pick on Hawkinson. Uh, they now have a very young skill set core around Matthew Stafford. Carry on Johnson, who he somehow refuses to give the ball to. I, I don't understand why. You have 100-yard rusher in the last 10 years. One. And you refuse to give him the ball. And you signed two, three more running backs, but no big deal. We're not, not going to get into that right now. Kenny Galladay, young stud, 1,000 yards last year. More, more, more than likely going to build on that as Marvin Jones regresses and Golden Tate is gone. And uh, now you add this guy, young stud, an efficient stud out of uh, Iowa, right, is where these two came from, him and Fett. You know, Yardage-wise, they didn't pile up a lot. Neither of them had more than 500 yards, I believe, but the efficiency was the crazy thing. 16 to 18 yards per catch between the two of them. Uh, I believe Fant being the slightly higher one on the yards per carry, yards per catch. But um, I don't know if I'm in love with where they took him, 
but it's a fun pick and it could certainly have a lot of upside. You know, he was never hurt in college throughout his two seasons. So it could present, it could present some things. If you still have faith in Matthew Stafford as a top 15 quarterback, I don't know if I'm ready to say that, but you certainly have at least surrounded him with weapons going into next season. They're definitely not in win now mode. They're definitely in rebuilding mode and he's still very young. I think he will make an impact fantasy wise. Uh, I'm not too sure. I really got to see how, what he really got and how the offense is going to work. Like you said, they don't give the only good running back. They have the ball, which I'm steering away from in fantasy. So we'll see how that goes fantasy wise, but moving on to the next pick, I really thought they were going to get Montez sweat. That's, that's who I had a number eight, but Montez sweat fell, fell really. He fell far, but they didn't land you. I can't remember the last elite pass rusher in Detroit. Like, try to think of one. Can you think of, like, anyone? Well, three years ago, Ezekiel Ansah had a double sack digit or double digit sack season, but then he proceeded to not play more than half the season over the next two years. So I'm not even sure if that counts. But uh, to answer your question, no. Trey Flowers is there. Trey Flowers? Trey Flowers is there now. That's true. That's true. Trey Flowers is there. Paid Mm -hmm. that, paid, paid Mm -hmm. that boy, which Mm -hmm. well deserved. He's well deserved. But, they need someone to work along the side of him. And they got this guy could play on the line, on the edge, linebacker, coverage, inside and out. Love using that term, inside and out. Very um really cool name. I'm 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 a he's from Hawaii. That's the college you went to from Southern California, but I cannot I am not gonna get this name. Janahi Tave from Hawaii. I'm I'm I apologize if that's how I'm really bad at pronouncing names. Nailed it. Janan Tave, whatever. Like I said, both in and out, very versatile, and he had back-to-back seasons with 100 tackles. So that shows you that he gets to the ball. He gets to the. He gets to whoever has the ball. He rips up tackles. 100 tackles back-to-back is pretty impressive. 200, uh, 2016, 2017. And I really like this pick. Um, the last – I can't think the last linebacker that was even relevant. I was about um, to say something. I cannot name a linebacker um, on that team. Don't, uh, no, I can't remember that. Yep, see, I can't. Yep, I, I think this is. I think this is the next guy that will be relevant in that Detroit backfield. I really like him. Hundred. That that's that's the number really triple digit touch tackles in back to back seasons, and uh, he doesn't have to, you know, uh, injury history there. So, um, what do you like this? You like this pick? No, exactly what you said. Um, it, no matter what kind of defense you come from, if you were a losing defense, if you were a losing team, I mean, if you rack up back-to-back 100-yard, uh, 100 tackles in a season, it, it at least says you're durable. It at least says you're consistent. You're coming from a decent program as well. Matt Patricia, I trust he knows what he's doing, a defensive Super Bowl-winning head coach from New England. Um, yeah, a little bit before you said that, I was trying to think about it in my head. I was like, what? Can I name a linebacker from Detroit? And I can't. Uh, I, 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 I got. What's that? That linebacker, Toolish. Is that. My oh, Tullock. Uh, Steven Tullock or Scott Tullock? I think that's uh, all I can think of right now. <laughs> that's, that's all we got for you guys. Scott, Scott slash Steven Tullock yeah. out of Detroit. But, but, anyways, he's probably going to be benched now for this guy because uh, none of us can remember his name. Um, him alongside Darius Slay, Trey Flowers. Maybe they can make some noise. Matt Patricia seems to think so because he took a tight end eighth overall. But uh, he'll, add, he'll add to a young core. Darius Slay, I believe he's 30 years old now, so I'm not really sure how much longer that's going to be relevant on the decent side of the football. But, hey, a durable piece. And what, what is this, round three? Round two. Round two? Oh, shit. 
Oh, well, then, okay. To be honest, I don't know about that. But Patricia, you got the job for a reason. We'll, we'll see if you know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's going to be real interesting what the Lions do because it, I don't know where they're going. Um, they're honestly fucked. Like, yeah. They're, they're they so got scared. the torch for the shittiest team in the league. Maybe the Bengals are right there. But we're talking about the Bengals a couple um, – a little later. But moving on, they doubled up on defense in round two and three. Decided to get it um, – they're not a good defense, really. Just like you said, Slays, but coming up on thirty years old, he's gonna want to get paid. He's maybe top twenty-five cornerback, maybe. I don't know if that's pushing it, but he he still could. He's B plus, if anything, corner. So they went to go get eighty-first overall. They got us defensive back Will Harris from Boston College. Talking about explosiveness and speed, this guy. If you're talking about explosiveness and speed, you're talking about this guy on the edge. On the on the edge, going for blitzes, this guy is a risk taker. He don't care. I love the way he plays. I love aggressive corners. Gives up a, a minimal amount of big plays, but I like the risk he takes. Yeah, he, it's in good faith when when the risk he takes. He's he's very very powerful and just, he just goes in and just puts it all on the line. And his tape is is bunched with the hard hits and um. His personality, I love his play style and um, everything about him. I really like at the third round is some really good value from Boston College. Like you said, Darian Slay, I really can't even think of another corner or safety that was relevant. I can't, I really can't. But Will Harris, I think, will get a starting position. If not, he's going to be a reliable backup in that secondary. I mean, I know Sam Darnold could probably tell you, but that's because he threw three interceptions on week one. They did win the game, though. To be fair, they did win the game. I was, I just brought that up because his first NFL throw, fell throw was a throw was a throw was a was a. It's a good pick, you know. Like like you said, you can't name any playmakers on this Lions defense, and that's what they need. They need playmakers. You signed top dollar for Trey Flowers in his prime. You have your pass rusher, your man of the future, to wreak havoc in the backfield. So you better put together some sort of secondary. And in the third round. Once again, uh, a man that's literally only coached defense his entire life, both in college and in football or in the NFL until now. I trust he knows what he's doing. Um, yes, Darius Slay. I just looked it up over here a second ago, 31 years old. And uh, it's definitely a good pick, a smart pick to put behind him. Um, clearly, they think Matt Stafford is the guy for the next five, six years. They seem to be building around him. So we'll see how that goes. But you're in a division with three teams, and we're all talking about you know, making the playoffs right now. You have the Bears, former number one defense. Packers, Aaron Rodgers. Vikings, up and coming. So, honestly, this these guys, the Giants and the Bengals, are just beyond screwed in, in, in this upcoming season. I hate to say it, you guys, but they're, they're beyond screwed. Good fantasy assets, but we're not going anywhere. Fantasy-wise, who do you think could make some noise? Do you think Marvin Jones is going to come back? I think the man to go with here is Kenny Galladay. Yeah. I think what we saw last year was the floor from him, like his, his absolute floor, which was uh, 1,041 yards, eight TDs. I think he's just going to build on that. I, I know a lot of people are like, oh, he didn't do any better once Golden Tate was gone. Well, Golden Tate and him did two different things. They played two different roles, two different positions, really, between the slot and the outside. So um, maybe by the time this year comes around, he'll be a little more accustomed to filling in that role. Um, and I think, believe TJ Jones is still on the roster playing some slot, but to be honest, I'm not too sure about that. Having a legitimate number two threat, and Hawkinson will help out as well. Jones didn't stay healthy for the majority of last year. I believe he only played eight games. Um, but I just feel like what we saw last year from Galladay was his floor. You know, he's only going to get better. I believe that was his rookie season last year. 
was it for Kenny Galladay? Yeah, he's very young. Maybe very second. Yeah, that's right. Second season. I remember his first game ever. He racked up two touchdowns, 180 yards. Everyone was spending all the fab, and then he didn't do anything for us the year. But yeah, I think Kenny Galladay is my guy right now. Lots of people are high on Carryon Johnson. I'm not just because I'm not confident they're going to give him the football. That's that's kind of why I'm also not too confident in Aaron Jones, even though it makes sense that he should be the bell cow and be an Aaron Rodgers offense. But it looks like they're still trying to give Jamal Williams a chance for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, if anyone, carry. I'm sorry, Kenny is the is the way I'm looking right now. Yeah, Kenny, I think is the great, the greatest asset there. Um, I I feel comfortable with him as a wide receiver too. Pretty sure you could agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see if he could be the wide receiver numbers. But well, there you have it. We're gonna do a double header, so you guys, whoever's um, here, stay tuned because we're gonna knock out probably the most interesting, now the most interesting division. Unfortunately, the AFC North, which we got a lot to talk about because we we're throwing predictions when OG, OBJ got betrayed. We're throwing all this crazy shit. Super Bowl, not Super Bowl, wild card, Steelers ain't shit. Ravens going to run the ball every day, every play. So really can't wait to talk about Steven. I know you got your Instagram back. You're on a little um, – what's LeBron James doing in the playoffs? Uh, holdout, a little Instagram holdout. You did a little Instagram holdout and stuff. But um, you're back. So where can they find you? Yeah. I actually, I actually didn't know he did that, and I'm somewhat back. Um, I checked in this morning before actually getting rid of it again before saying. Anyways, prior to finals last week, I actually got rid of all social media because my phone told me I spent eight hours a couple weeks ago on my phone during the week, and I was like, that's absurd. I don't even sleep for eight hours. So I had to get rid of that. Um, I will re-download the apps eventually, so feel free to hit me up at Coach underscores on Instagram and possibly Twitter as well. But you know what? Fuck it. If I don't get back to you, hit me at 909-633-7146. If you're nice, I'll reply. Fuck it. It's cool. Talk shit about the Giants. You want to talk about um, what's the guy? Uh, Butterbean that beat up Anthony Joshua a couple weeks. Sorry, Anthony Ruiz that beat up Joshua a couple weeks ago. Or uh, Tyson Fury that got it done uh, last night with a second-round TKO. You can talk about it all. And, uh, yeah, see you guys in like five minutes. There you have it. He just put his phone number out. That's how you know he's here for the fans. If you want to follow me, um, fancy football, anything, you can follow me at Sports Guy David, Instagram and Twitter. And um, I haven't really posted anything yet. I'm still in the works. But my fancy football page is up. The nose goes fancy football because you know why? The nose knows. And uh, every 100 followers, there's a raffle. I'm not even kidding. 100 followers. A raffle. I don't care if I get 300 followers in one day. I'm doing three raffles that day. So there you have it. Um, our Instagram page is up. It was down due to some stuff, but now we have it back up. Fancy Sports Cave underscore. Um, help us re- uh, gain all our followers back. Um, we have great content. We're covering Mexico. Blew out Cuba 7-0. Covering the U.S. women's soccer team who fucking blew out. Who gives a shit for 13-0? Very interesting soccer right now. LAFC. All that good soccer stuff, LA Sparks. So stay tuned because we're going to be right back with a doubleheader. I'm Sports Guy Dave, and that's Coach Zezzy, and I'm out.